Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. Hello, everybody. Bridget McGowan here, and welcome to today's episode of Own the Microphone. With me, I have Derek Lott. Derek, welcome to the show. Bridget, how are you? Thanks for having me. I am doing wonderfully well. Now, Derek, I know that you are a negotiator. That is your day job, if you will. Tell me, which one came first, being a negotiator or being a speaker? How do those two work together? Well, I I will say my professional career has found a lot of different uh, responsibilities. And so I'll say speaking came first. But I'll also say effective communications came later. So I've always been a good communicator, but I believe there's a difference between someone that's good at communicating and someone that's effective. I've always been a communicator. When I was a kid, I could get myself out of trouble. I'd you know, spin a story to my mom or just someone and you know get myself out of trouble. So I always felt like I had a, a way with words. But I learned later in life, there's a way to use those words to influence and gain and grow power in your career, uh, socially, financially, and otherwise. So I think there's a big difference between being a good communicator and being effective and being able to drive results. I am going to ask you what I know listeners are wondering. What's one thing someone could use right now to be a more effective communicator, to gain that power in, let's say, their careers? Well, the most important skill in communicating is actually listening. More than anything, we need to listen, whether it's the audience, understanding what they're there for, what they're looking for. And you only find that out by asking questions and listening. And uh, the ability to ask, I would say, effective questions so you can do that listening would be helpful, open-ended questions so that you can gain information. And all of that information helps you understand what you need to communicate to connect with that audience. I've I've had other guests on who have said, almost the same thing where it really starts with listening. So many times people are wanting to get some tools in their arsenal. It's, you know, I don't know if it's posture, if it's voice projection, right? Where they're trying to figure that out. And the funny thing is, it really takes the pressure off of you and puts it on your ears in order to be a more effective communicator. Have you always been, I know you've always been effective, but have you always been ultra confident on the mic? Well, it's interesting. When I set out to 
specifically work on my communication skills. The first time I was in front of a group of people, I froze up. Because now all of a sudden, I was I felt like I was performing. And once I get into this mindset of performing, that means I could fail. I could have a bad performance. I, so insecurities started bubbling up. And that comfort that you talked about, or that confidence, I should say, uh, quickly fled. And so uh, that let, let me know, as a speaker, your confidence can be shaken. And so as a speaker, as a communicator, you have to understand how to manage those two, two elements that um, I spoke about, comfort, which we haven't dug into, but then also confidence. You need those two things to move into that realm of effective communicating. Talk to us about digging into comfort. Mm -hmm. Third, you know, it's funny, I was talking to someone earlier today. And she was like, yeah, I was writing my speech and I was trying to figure out what I want to say. And I said, well, what's the speech about? She said, oh, I, they want to know more about me. I said, well, why are you writing it down? I said, haven't you been there from day one? Why would you go to your family picnic and take a script with you when you went to the family picnic? I've never seen someone that I talked to at the family picnic say, hey, hold on a minute. Do you know Cousin Sue? She is and start reading off of some stuff. They just start talking. And that's the key to comfort. You know the audience. You're familiar with the subject matter. Your life. It's you. The way to feel comfortable is to talk about things that you own, things that you have a skill in things that you have mastered. Talk about stuff you know about. Don't try to talk about other stuff to impress people because that's where you get out of your comfort zone. There's nothing wrong with being out of the comfort zone, but this is communicating. And when you're communicating, you want to speak about things that you are comfortable speaking about. And when you're comfortable, that leads to confidence. That confidence that you have speaking at the family picnic, that at the water cooler at work, anywhere where you are dialoguing, where you're not using a script and you're just having a conversation. You've been with, I go out with the, with the guys sometimes and we'll hang out and talk about, I went to an all boys Catholic school. And so we have a reunion and we'll talk about being at school and some of the, it was a Catholic school. So we'll talk about some of the fathers and stuff like that. And we can remember detail. We can tell amazing stories. People will be laughing. You know, you ever went to a reunion before and you see some girl. Or, hey, and, the, and you're off to the races. You're comfortable and you're confident. Then we get on stage and we're like, what do I say? I'm so afraid. I'm up. Oh, my goodness. The only difference is that oftentimes there's one of two things. One, you like one-to-one. -one. You're comfortable talking to somebody one-to-one. -one. But when it's a lot of people, all of a sudden you freeze up. Well, let's get back to comfort and confidence. Talk about things that you own things that you know that are related to you. So we got that piece out. Now we got to deal with, instead of two eyeballs, I have 300 eyeballs looking at me. And now I'm, uh, you know, I'm getting somewhat uh, nervous, anxiety. Well, the anxiety never really goes away. As a speaker, you always have that moment like, okay, here we go. <laughs> but when you're comfortable with the people and you're sharing things you want to share, Consider it a 
bunch of people that want to engage with you, that can't wait to hear that story, that you have them glued to the edge of their seat, just taking in everything that you're communicating to them. So then the only thing that I would say that helps you when you're dealing with a crowd is don't get locked in on somebody. Because there's always that person that has that, that grumpy face. And then you're like, they, they don't like what I'm saying. I'm, I'm bombing. Oh, my goodness. And you try to make that person get a reaction. And so all of a sudden now, you're not talking to a big group of one, which I like to say. It's a big group of one. Now you have made that big group of one, one person. And you're, you're trying to have uh, some kind of competition to get them to smile, to react, to respond. And from there, they you, you, it's just really hard um, to get control of the situation. So those are some of my tips around comfort and confidence. When you do that, when you focus on that one person that you feel like you need to win over, now you've completely abandoned the rest of the audience. That's not fair. You've got a hundred people out there and there's one person that you just cannot get to pick up what you're putting down and you are completely ignoring 99% of the room is Absolutely. loving you. Speak to them folks. Don't worry about that one person. Plus, let me tell you what happened to me one time, Derek. So I had one of those faces in the audience and I was a little concerned. But at the same time, I said to myself, I know my subject matter. I know I'm crushing it. I'm going to keep moving ahead. One, it's just one person. Two, maybe it's not even me. Maybe it's not even my content, right? But here's what it ended up being, Derek. That was just how the person looked. <laughs> I'm not even... <laughs> <laughs> that was just the person's natural countenance. <laughs> no. It is. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. And I have a colleague who worked at the same company with me at the same time. And I was having this conversation with him about it. He was like, Bridget, that happened to me too. I thought the same thing. <laughs> so anyway, you just never know what's going on. Speak to the entire group. Don't focus in on just one person. For nearly 30 years, Derek Locke has worked for corporations in technology and retail. And during his time at Motorola, he had the opportunity to lead very uh, early on. The skills of leadership and communication became incredibly critical for him. He learned the foundations of problem solving and the, six, uh, and the Six Sigma way. He learned about coaching and developing teams, as well as how to present effectively. Now, over the years, Derek has formulated his own thoughts on communication, as you can hear, and key development methodologies, coaching teams, mentoring others, and countless presentations and speeches have led him to document his own philosophies and to begin sharing them with other people. Notably, in his book, Say It Well, is where he documents everything that he has to say about effective communication. Say It Well, creating and tailoring value-driven communication. So, Derek, what is one thing that people, I guess you could say, get wrong when it comes to effective presentations and effective communication. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I talk about 
communications, I try to break it into two things. One is all about fully putting it all together. And the other is about delivery. Putting a speech together, what are you going to talk about? How are you going to organize it? How are you going to tailor it for the audience? And then delivering that message. I make, I keep it really simple. And where I think, you know, the biggest opportunity is knowing how to structure content so that people can absorb it, connect with it, and then there's got to be some kind of, call it call to action. I think we would use that term most notably. I don't necessarily think they have to go out and do something, but they have to have that aha moment. I've seen countless effective communicators and they're motivational and they're all these different things. But when I ask the audience, how did it change your life? Oh, well, you didn't really have anything to go change your life with. Okay, so why was that worth spending that hour? Well, it was entertaining. Okay, great. But if you want to knock it out the park, you give that person something to take away value that they can for the rest of their life hold on to. And one of the things I'm proudest of when I speak is that I have people come up to me all the time and say, Derek, you'll never believe this, but I have a sticky note on my computer that says resistance is only evidence that your goals are achievable, which is something I believe strongly. I said, oh, she says, I look at that every day and it inspires me. I'm like, wow, I added value. So as a speaker, I want to add value. And that's the most critical thing. So when you're thinking about, you know, putting together a conversation with the many, which is the many ones, I like to say, you want to think about what kind of value am I giving to this group of individuals? Why am I taking up their time? Entertainment is great, and we all need to be entertained, motivated, but we know those things don't last. And so you have to give them something to take away that they'll say, I'll never forget that. It's almost like this. You want to imagine two people from the audience who attended your presentation are sitting down for a cup of coffee. And it's several days, maybe even weeks after you have delivered your presentation. And one of them says to the other, remember that time we attended that presentation? You know, the one thing that stuck with me was fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. Figure it. out what is that coffee talk message, if you will. Absolutely. And weave that throughout your presentation. It can be a short phrase. I shared with you before we started recording that I am delivering a webinar pretty soon. And the one phrase that I want to stand out for my audience members on that webinar is to stand out from the competition. Mm -hmm. You can stand out from the competition. And during the course of that webinar, that is exactly what I'm going to present to them. How is that done? And I'm going to use that phrase, stand out from the competition, 
multiple times because when they sit down with their colleagues next week, next month, I want them to say, remember that time we, we, we attended that webinar with Bridget? You know, the one thing that stood out to me was I've got the tools to stand out from the competition. I just got to put them in place, right? So that's what we want you to do is I bring value and think about what do you want people saying about your presentation long after it's done? Absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head. It's like, what is the value statement? What is the simple message that you're going to carry throughout your presentation that you want to, you know, really sink in and for them to be, um, you know, ever cognizant of be memorable. Yeah. Be memorable. Don't, don't be entertaining. Don't be this. Make sure they never forget you. Be memorable for all of the right reasons. Derek, what is one of your favorite presentations or keynotes to deliver? Well, so I happen to be in uh, Toastmasters. So if anybody's familiar with Toastmasters, a friend invited me to Toastmasters. I wasn't big on it. I felt I was already good at public speaking, but I stayed with the, they quit. I don't tend to quit things. So I continued in the program. And with an open mind, figured out there was more to learn. And Toastmasters is a brilliant line to practice. And I don't know too many other forms where you get to practice and get evaluated the way that uh, system does. But my favorite speech is a story about my grandfather. And my grandfather was uh, one of those guys always working on his car. And my first car was a vehicle that he talked me into buying for $250. I pushed the thing more than I drove it. But it was wonderful how we went to the junkyard and picked up parts and worked on this car and all this time. And I got frustrated the whole experience. But it was his way of building relationship with me. It wasn't about the car. And I figured that out later. So I developed a speech about that. And that is one of the, my most favorite things to talk about with audiences is understanding that, you know, sometimes things aren't always what they seem. And the value in something may be beyond what you can see with your eyes and hear with your ears. It's what you feel with your heart. And so the, uh, you know, that, that is probably one of my best um, uh, keynotes or, or messages that I love to convey. I mix it in with some other things, but um, that is one of my favorites. That's awesome. In a little bit, you will have an opportunity to ask me a question. Mm -hmm. But for now, Derek, I want to know what's something about being a professional speaker that people who know you would be surprised about? Well, something that people would be surprised about is I am a DJ. And I stream on a platform called Twitch. And I, I do some live DJing, but not a lot because my job doesn't afford me that opportunity. But I do DJ from many years ago when I was in high school. And when streaming became much easier to do with the platforms that are out there today, about two two years ago or so, I started streaming online. And so, and that has opened up a worldwide community where I am now talking on Thursday mornings 
uh, while I'm DJing, we're talking about positive messages. So we've, and we've kind of connected two passions, my passion for communicating and my passion for music. Uh, so that's something that people might not know about. So wait a minute. Okay. Did you DJ in college? When mm -hmm. did you pick this? Yes. Yeah, so so you, you were like, oh, what's your DJ name? Because I know, <laughs> I know it can't be DJ Derek C. Lott. I mean, what that's right, but it's, it's, it's DJ D. Lott. It's what it is. DJ I knew it was going to have some kind of swag to it. I knew it wasn't going to be Derek Lott. Okay, well, that's cool. what they've called me my entire life, D. Lott or just Lott. That's been how I've been referred to. But I was a DJ. House music, if you know anything about house music, was born in Chicago, where I'm from. And I came up in the, at that time when it was being created and revolutionized, the dancing. And um, so I was a DJ during that time, took it to college. And then I went off. But I also produce music. I write music. I have music. I've performed and done other things and published as well. Uh, so I just kept with music. It's probably one of the more enjoyable things I do with um, my personal time. And uh, so, yeah, that's something people don't know about me. But I love to integrate things. So anyway, I can do one thing, but it supports another passion. All of that is kind of a synergy kind of thing. Renaissance man, everybody. I have a <laughs> renaissance man on the line with me today. <laughs> That's so cool. Derek, what is your question for me? So the question I have for you is, I, I have a plan A. I have a plan A. I have a, a, a job, but I speak professionally on the side every now and then. So I'll do, I have certain places I'll speak. I'll speak at universities. Um, colleges, schools, high schools, even grammar schools. Uh, I, educational systems, I have a big passion for it, so I'll speak there. Every now and then I'll speak to a large corporations like a Kraft Heinz um, is an example or something like that. But how do you, you're doing this for a living? For those of us who maybe one day, as I think about leaving that, how does that work i mean one of the big things i ran into is how do you actually get speaking gigs how do you turn this thing called speaking into an actual way of life okay that is an outstanding question i need to come up with the reader's digest version so i ended up getting laid off so mm -hmm. it was kind of one of those things that happened out of necessity 2016 mine my husband's son was just getting ready to turn two years old and I got my pink slip. And we had always been a two income household. So, and I mean, we relied on my check as well as his to keep things running around here. So when I got laid off, I had been working at this ed tech company, traveling and doing presentations. I was doing a lot of faculty development, colleges and universities, uh, would see me every week along with my teammates that were around the country. And so I said, you know what? I have been a professional speaker since 2001 in some way or another. I taught at Prairie View A&M University, the best university on the planet. PV, <laughs> you know, I taught there. I also taught at a community college in the Houston area and I taught online. Uh, for a third institution. So 
that is professional speaking or public speaking, if you will, at the front of the room. And I had been at conferences and all sorts of things. So I said, you know what? There are people out there who make a living out of professional speaking. I'm going to do it too. I'm joining the ranks. And so I sat down, Derek, and I purchased my website. And then eventually I got the website built. I put myself out there as a professional speaker. This is what I do. And when people would approach me with wanting me to speak on X, Y, or Z, I put my topics on my website. When I speak on, I would just have a description of the sessions, tell exactly, you know, who's this for? What, what's the audience? What's the amount of time? Do I do it in person? Do I do it online? Is it a breakout? Is it a keynote or whatever? I just put myself out there as a speaker, got that website, put my topics on there, would post on social media. Hey, if you're looking for an engaging presentation on X, uh, presentation skills, right? Or effective communication, or if you're wanting to improve your team's communication skills, contact Bridget, contact me. It won't be a sit and get experience. And then collecting the testimonials, but I put myself out there as a speaker. And here's the number one thing. When people would get in touch with me, asking me to speak somewhere, we find out, do a lot of discovery, who's in the audience, what you want them to know or be able to do by the end of the presentation. A lot of great questions, but here's how you put yourself out there. Ask, what is your budget for this engagement? Because I'll have a lot of people where they'll speak and yeah. there's no fee or the fee is not discussed. And so if this is going to be your business, your livelihood, your bread and butter, you have to bring that up. Very simple question. And the question must be asked with the same amount of confidence and charisma that you've been carrying on in the conversation all along. Don't get to that question and get uncomfortable, get weird, right? With the same enthusiasm that you asked about who's in the audience and what do you want me to talk about and how much time do I get and where's the presentation being held and what is your budget for this engagement? And then you sit there. Don't start explaining your rates or explaining why you don't charge this or you charge that or why it's more for this or less for that. <laughs> Sit there and let them answer. And then you just continue to put yourself out there as a speaker. You collect the testimonials. You keep the website up to date. But that's kind of the Notes version. If you want more, I encourage you to pick up one of my first books entitled On the Microphone, how 50 of the world's best professional speakers launched their careers and how you can too. Love it, love it. But we'll, we'll trade, we'll make a trade. I love it. Yes, yes. That's exactly what we yeah, Maybe, maybe, you know, because I, I like to do giveaways. Maybe I'll do a uh, something for my audience and put them both together. Because it's one of the things, you know, in my career, I've been really focused on mechanics. And so I can make you a tech technician around speaking. But if it's going to be a business for you, I mean, you put it out there pretty straightforward. Hey, one, you kind of got to open up for business. You got to have a website. You got to have something that demonstrates that you're open for business. And then you got to be about the business what's the budget and then don't don't fold right 
<laughs> all of a sudden you're looking like a cheap suit a wet dish towel mm-hmm. all of a sudden like what <laughs> happened to the person i've been talking to for the last 25 minutes right yeah. And, and and that takes work, Derek. Let me be very clear. That takes work. Let me tell you, I had someone one time who had contracted with me to deliver a speaking engagement probably, I don't know how many years ago, five, six years ago, a long time, well, you know, relatively a long time ago. And they reached out again and they started bringing up how much that engagement cost. And I let them get through their spiel. And then I responded with, I don't have my rate sheet in front of me right now, but I guarantee you it's more now than it was then. And I will get that rate to you or whatever the case may be or what have you. But then it led to a conversation of, well, how have you evolved since then? So making sure that you list your credentials. And I hadn't thought about everything that I had done relative to my speaking and or relative to the topic I was presenting on. I hadn't thought about it. So I sat down and I came up with a list long as I ten. Yeah. of the things that had happened since that last engagement. So making sure that you also clarify for your prospects what makes you qualify to speak on this topic. But be very comfortable and confident, just as you're comfortable and confident in your message, in your topics, be comfortable and confident in what it is you charge and be ready to discuss that. And let me add this too. Be ready to be... Not the word, the word that I'm looking for isn't necessarily versatile, but be ready to diversify. Maybe that's what I'm looking for. This is what I mean. I was watching the Food Network last night, Derek, and I saw a celebrity chef come on and advertise his new protein bars. Okay. And then a few minutes later, I saw another celebrity chef in a commercial advertising cat food that he had developed and then about a month ago i remember seeing a commercial with robin from the batman and robin duo back in the day robin advertising dog food that he had created and i uh text a girlfriend and i told her i said you know what every time i go to staples i i, I nearly trip over a cutout of shack Mm-hmm. endorsing some ink or another i was watching the colorado football game last weekend and every other commercial was Deion sanders endorsing insurance and california almonds i'm not exaggerating <laughs> as a speaker you want to do more than just speak that's the point of the story and i told her you know i said which I already do more than speak, but a lot of times people starting out in the speaking business will just want to speak, but you really want to do more than that. Uh, and it has to be a passion. You have to enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. That's very helpful. Extremely helpful. Thank you. <laughs> you are very welcome. That's a great question. And I like talking to you about that to a certain extent. It, it, it's a lot. You know, it, it's a lot. It's quite but, enjoyable. You know, what, what you what you helped me with is there's not the secret recipe. Right? I always tell people, I get it, but how did you? It's like, how did you get? I get what you're saying, but how did you do it? This is there's no. It's 
it's that straightforward. Right? You have to go out there and you have to get the business. You have to put yourself out there, which is one of my um, other things I love to talk about is power. And um, power is made up of three pillars. One is uh, knowledge. Two is network. And three is assets. And assets are not always tangible. It doesn't have to be money. You got assets in your brain with your ideas, whether that's writing a book, whether that's a painting, whether it's writing a song, you name it. You have the ability to increase in power every single day by pulling on one of those pillars. And, you know, when you were talking, I thought about it. You said you did all these things previously in your career, which means you had a network. You had people you could reach out to. And I always say, you know, if you've got a Rolodex and you can't go through that road, and I apologize, some of your listeners might not even know what a Rolodex is. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, it's your contact list, okay? Your <laughs> Rolodex, if you can't go through your Rolodex and call on to some, someone that can help you get a job, you need to upgrade your network. You need to upgrade your network. Increase empower. You never hear anyone say, I got here all by myself. But you always hear, hey, a friend of a friend of mine knew this guy, and so you send me over there, and voila, here I am. You hear stories like that all the time. It's not what you know, but who you know. Now, I would say if your what you know is powerful, that's just going to make you even more valuable. And uh, so anyway, yeah, that was very helpful and made me think about those. It's like, hey, okay, I need to go back to the fundamentals of increasing in power, which is network, knowledge, craft, and skill, and your assets. And then when you decide that you're going to put yourself out there as a professional speaker, like you said, get in touch with that network and let them know. They won't know unless you tell them. They cannot recommend you to an organization as a speaker or even book you themselves yeah. if they don't know. I'm also yeah. a publisher and I'll tell authors, book sales won't happen if you don't tell anybody about your book. Nobody's going to know about it. And this goes for anyone, big name or not, celebrity, politician, whatever, or not. If Oprah doesn't tell anybody that she's got a book coming out, whether you're on her email list, whether she's doing it in, an, in a commercial, an advertisement, whatever. If she doesn't say anything, nobody knows the book is coming out. If her publisher doesn't say anything. So in order for people to know, you've got to tell them. Yeah. That's a fantastic mm -hmm. question. Fantastic question. Everybody, make sure you visit Derek's website, DerekCLot.com. It's in the show notes, D-E-R-E-K-C-L-O-T-T. -E -E in the show notes, visit his website, book him to speak. Also visit his website or Amazon to purchase his book, Say It Well, Creating and Tailoring Value-Driven Communication. Derek, what else do listeners need to know before we wrap this up to make sure they're always owning that microphone? Yeah, I, I think the key that I give anyone, you can read, you can study, but you kind of got to do the action, which is speaking. Take every opportunity to improve your skills. Communication, effective communication is a skill. It's a skill. 
it is not something that, oh, yeah, yeah, I got to do that. Effective communication is a skill. It is the only skill that impacts your personal, professional, social, spiritual, everywhere you go, an, a, a set of effective communication skills can raise your ROI. It can go through the roof just by having the right words to say to the right person at the right time. I don't know any other skill. So get out there and speak. Get out there and speak. You heard it here first. Derek Lott, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was my pleasure. And to my listeners, thank you for tuning in. I'm Bridget McGowan. Until next time, make sure you always own the microphone. <laughs>